Hello, Internet, and welcome to episode 69 of Ancient Ways for Modern Days. That's right. We have finally made it to almost 100. Like, 31 from now, we'll be at 100. We should we should record one a day for the next month, and we get right there. We could get there. I'm only mentioning this. Yeah, have this fun, guys. <laughs> because uh, we've been doing this for almost two years, and we still haven't hit, like, 100 yet. But anyway, anyway, my name is Andrew. Joined with me today is Mr. Steven Klukas hey, and the man himself, Mike Freeman. Hey, guys. Hey. How we all doing? <laughs> did you like what I did there with that intro? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Kept you on your toes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, I'm doing good, Mike. I'm doing really good. I, um, it's just been... I, today I went to the gym and things were working the way they should be for me. And so I'm actually, I'm praising God for that right now. Um, last night I had a, I had a chance to tell my story to a friend I haven't seen in a while. And I didn't realize like it's been almost eight months since mm-hmm. everything's happened. And I feel like I've lived an entire lifetime just handicapped. And uh, it's crazy. But I'm feeling good today and I'm celebrating that God is, is faithful. That's so. good. It's good to see you getting back to normal. Although yeah. yesterday as we were walking down the hall together and you were slightly ahead of me. Yeah. I was kind of watching you kind of wobble down. Oh, yeah. Dude. And you stopped and you said, am I, am I walking kind of funny? I was like, yep. You're, 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 <laughs> yep. So I ask people that sometimes. And uh, a mutual friend, Mr. Mr. David Juneman, shout out to him, best hype man in the business. He, uh, I, was, I asked him, I was like, hey, man, do I, do I still have a, a limp or whatever? He goes like, well, actually, you're starting to work a lot more normal than you used to. So in my brain, I'm like, oh, okay. Yesterday when I asked you, because I could feel how, like, how much energy I have to put into just walking normally. Like, I was like, in my brain, I was like, am I trying too hard to walk normally? That's when I asked you. And you were so blunt. Yeah. It's, it, you, I took it as Andrew, you're pretty jacked up. So. It, it reminded me of like a, a, a gal that's like nine months pregnant the way they walk. <laughs> Just kind of like that, that wobble back and forth. Yeah. Like uh, every step I'm not sure of. And yeah. It reminded me of you're that. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> my normal walk, I have to really focus on engaging my, my rear just to make sure everything is firing the way it should be. And so that's probably why like, I have that pinched look and I'm like, I didn't expect to talk about your rear firing on yeah. our podcast today, but, <laughs> but but here we are, guys. Expect the unexpected, Mike. <laughs> all right, all right. Enough about my rear, Stephen. How are you doing? <laughs> oh man, how do you follow that? I don't know. Oh, dude, no, it's from it's, behind. <sighs> Lord, internet, give me I strength. I'm leaving this in there. Speechless. Yeah, I'm not editing this out. Oh no, you're not. That's okay. Wow. Um, it's been a crazy week for me. Uh, we actually in youth ministry, it has just been hopping. And so, uh, you guys know this, uh, by the time this comes out, this will be old news, but just recently we had our first off campus youth event in over a year. Yeah. And so we went down to Vancouver and we went through a corn maze. And when we tally all of the, the kids, youth and, uh, adult volunteers, parents that went, we had a crew of 51 people. Dude, that's nuts. That's like a church service itself. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and it was awesome. I mean, we, we had people carpooling, convoys going on. Um, people bought awesome apples from the store there cause it was at a at busy farms there in okay. Vancouver. Great little spot. Shout and, out to them. Yeah. Yeah. And we just had a great time and it was a nice crisp night because we went in the evening mm-hmm. and the moon was bright. The stars were out. It was, it was just an awesome experience. Like really, if you aren't afraid of the dark, you could go through it that night without a flashlight. And okay. so really what I wound up doing was actually our same friend, David, he was probably two or three strides ahead of me and he had a flashlight. I was just following him with my flashlight off. I didn't need it. No, we had a great time though. And 
man, so many kids. There was just so much energy. It was, it was just a lot of fun. So, so my, my kids, my, I actually got to help chaperone. Yeah, man. And so, but my two older kids were going to go anyway. Uh, Ella brought a couple of friends who have been coming to youth group regularly. Um, and then Jay, he just hung out with his buddies and, and then we brought Asher as well. He was in my car on the way home. <clears throat> he was, but, uh, we had a good time, but, but Jaden, he came home with two peppers. That's right. He has it. It's, they're still on the counter. We have a Carolina Reaper. Oh, what? And a yeah. ghost pepper on the counter. And I keep saying, what are you going to do with those? He's, he's not sure what he's going to do with them. <laughs> but uh, they're sitting on our counter right now. It's been four days. And uh, and I'm waiting to see what ends up happening. And he should try to make a hot sauce, and then we could remake some some wing videos. Oh, Stephen, we should do a wing video. You for know, you. you keep saying. I that. know. So when when Mike, when you first came on, we uh, we stole that idea from uh, Hot Ones, interviewed you, introduced you to the church, and had you eat some some really really hot wings. And then I think we should every time we bring someone in on staff. You know, we um, should, uh, we should, that should be their just initiation. Have them do it. Just about yeah. every just, time. Just them. Just have them do it. Every I, time you recommend this course of action, though, something catastrophic happens to your spine. So I think you need to take the hint already. I think you're right. I think it's, <laughs> if, you, if you're going to take that journey, you should go on your own. And uh, we'll just we'll just interview you that way or something. Like your body is like bracing for impact. Dude, I, I haven't been the same since that time I did that with you. So Oh, neither have I. Like <laughs> I've done spicy spicy one time after then and it had the same effect and i said I'm yeah <laughs> we'll describe that another day yeah i just well, my favorite thing about that situation was uh i was like the first time i've ever pitched an idea to you and you were so excited and then since then every time i pitched an idea it's it's been very uh you've been very cautious no <laughs> no hey mike no nope. so steven actually i just back up so you had like a, a group of 50 people go to this corn maze 51 51 that's crazy to me because typically in my mind, when you have a youth group that meets on Wednesdays, when you do an event like that, you maybe have like two thirds of that group maybe show up or right? something. But I, I know that recently you just hit 44 kids on, on Wednesday night. Did you basically have like almost the entire crew or was it like a bunch of new kids? Like what, what happened? There? I'm going to say neither of those. I probably had about two thirds of my normal crew, right? Uh-huh. Um, I had... A number of parents and adults that that wanted to come in, which was fantastic. But no, that that weekend, that Wednesday, that we we hit forty five. Yeah. a lot of those were visitor. Well, like maybe four or five of those were visitor kids. Okay, but even then, I still have a lot of my regular group that doesn't show up week to week. Right, they're mm-hmm. the every once in a weekers. But uh, if if every single one of our kids were to show up, I I dare say we'd be over fifty kids in that room. Wow. Dude, that is so crazy. Because like I, I remember thinking to myself, I was struggling last week. Um, our the children's ministry that runs adjacent to the youth ministry. Mm-hmm. We the week before, I think we had had like thirty three kids or something like that, and we were like, oh, we got to change it up because it's there's just too many kids. And then that that last week uh, of the time of this recording, we had thirty nine. When you guys had forty four, right? Uh, these God is moving. We're getting a lot of people who don't go to our church. Just checking us out, sending in like their their kids and whatnot. Like God is really at work and what what's happening in, in these ministries right now. Yep. In, in many ways, I would probably argue we're probably frontline evangelistic outreaches right now with for for the church. On that line, I actually had a uh, a couple parents for this corn maze that uh, when when permission slips went out, they said actually no, I I really am not comfortable with you guys driving my kids anywhere. Mm-hmm. But my kids really want to go to this maze, so we'll go with you. Oh, okay. And so we actually had a. Couple 
couple parents that had never even met us, never had a conversation, never interacted with us, going through a corn maze with us. It that's was, cool. It was kind of cool. That's that's cool. I haven't done a corn maze in quite some time, but uh, corn mazes are, are pretty fun. What was the shape of the corn maze this year? Uh, it was a bunch of spirals. I mean, like, imagine every children's drawing of an octopus and multiply it by three. Oh. And it was just a whole bunch of loops and spirals. Okay. Yeah, it was weird. There was one year they had, like, the shape of, like, a Zelda, like, shield or something. I, sometimes when you go to certain corn mazes, they put a lot of thought into it, and they make, like, right. a, a, like a drawing or, or something out of it, and that's pretty cool. So, okay, but spirals would be... Even better. Actually, uh, I just recently watched a a DreamWorks uh, movie that has to do with a boy who rides a dragon. You know the one? Uh, There's a scene in that where the dragon actually picks up a branch and starts, like, making a whole bunch of spirals and loops on the ground. It was was that. Okay, okay. That's funny. (laughs) I can't say the name of the movie. I mean, we're on a podcast. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) so, Mike, how are you doing, man? What's going on in your world? We're good. We're uh, enjoying fall now that ball's over. So Jay had his end end of baseball season. And so we've got a lot of uh, evenings together that we're figuring out, hey, we get to hang out together as a family more than one or two nights a week. And so we're we're enjoying that and uh, getting ready for... You know, I said I wasn't going to talk about it, but I'm I'm already getting ready for Christmas, man. <laughs> I was uh, I was planning our, our series yesterday, and I've got Christmas songs on my mind, and uh, I was singing along to... Uh, handles messiah some yesterday i just i don't know it's like it's coming it's coming quickly and i'm excited are you guys big christmas decorators like lights people we do lights yeah okay absolutely yeah we we try to add a little bit every year mm-hmm. and uh i love doing li- actually i cleaned our gutters this weekend and i was like man i should just put our christmas lights up right now like because it was such a nice day and yeah yeah but i did not i i i want to do lights this year like a lot more hardcore than i've ever done it i think last year we had one row of like some icicle lights or whatever but i'm kind of getting broken hearted like driving around the city i think some people hit christmas with so much apathy now that they don't want to try but i feel like man let's get let's get some lights up let's get that holiday spirit going let's even more so, I think let's shine for the world. We need carolers, man. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, that would do it. I, especially with COVID, I think people are just far more apathetic than they have ever been. And I, I, I this year, I really want to fight against that. I, I, I want to care. Well, hey, you they know, say that uh, you know the, there's not going to be as much in the stores this year, so therefore it can't be as much about commercialism. So yeah. bring on the holiday cheer, let's, right? Yeah, let's let's do it. So three of us going door to door caroling. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Or we could do holiday podcasting. We'll go door to door podcasting people. Oh man, and just interviewing. There we go. <laughs> like every couple funny. of doors, stop. Hello, internet. Yeah. So that would be funny to greet every person as the internet. Hello, internet. <laughs> So, well, cool. Guys, I think we're a little, uh, we're a little crunch for time today. So I'd actually like to jump into an amazing topic that we discussed that we wanted to go through. And today, Mike, you are bringing to us um, an introduction to systematic theology. Now, before we jump into that, um, I guess for the listener who is maybe tiptoeing their way into faith and they're learning to grow and things like that, um, why should they value systematic theology? 
Yeah, and I'm actually going to back that up a little bit further okay. to say what is systematic theology. Okay, because there's a terms there that we might know what one means alone, and we might know what the other means alone. Mm-hmm. But what do they, what do they mean together, right? And so yeah. theology, uh, the study of God, and so how do we understand God as He's revealed Himself in His Word in the Scripture? Mm-hmm. And then when we talk about systematic theology, it's an approach to understanding the truths of the Bible. What where it really just it kind of takes a big picture view. It says, okay, if I'm going to talk about Jesus's identity. I'm going to look at systematically look at everything the Bible says about Jesus's mm-hmm. identity. And then I'm going to write a chapter about this or 10 chapters about it, depending on the theology yeah. you're reading. And, uh, and so systematically looking at who is Jesus or in systematically looking at things like how does salvation work or systematic systematically looking at, um, what are angels and demons mm-hmm. or, or what's the end going to look like? What about the spirit of God? What about God the father? And so that's systematic theology. Classically, there's 10 categories that you walk through and you say systematically, what does the scripture as a whole say about this idea or this, this theology? And that's a little different from biblical theology and historical theology. Historical theology is how has this been understood throughout the ages? Right. And then biblical theology is more taken like what's everything Paul says about Mm -hmm. a topic or what's everything the Pentateuch says about a topic Mm -hmm. that kind of like more, the, the pericope smaller, more focused and more usually exclusive to an author or, or something a little bit more narrow. I think what you're getting at too, especially with what you just said is that in, in Christendom, actually just in the world, technically everyone has a theology. Everyone has their, their thoughts on God, but as Christians, we, and some things we're going to jump in today, we see the Bible as the revelation of God and what we can know about God is made plain to us, made known to us through the word. So for Christians, the authority in our lives of who God is and how he interacts with the world and even who man is comes from the Bible itself. And, and I think if I heard you correctly, what you just said is like, there are times that people historically thought a certain way, but now as, as new Testament believers for all for us to have like the complete word of God, I guess, and all of it, we, we look at everything that has been revealed and we, we come up with doctrines mm-hmm. based on those things. And it's, it's kind of like the idea of like um, always reforming, mm-hmm. right? The, the idea that we're all like every time I read the scripture, I'm reading something I've read before, but there are going to be times where I read it and I say, oh man, I've been thinking incorrectly about this. I need to change. And the same is true of the way we think about theology as a whole and over history. You think about, you know, there's been times in history where the church uh, got off track and there were corrections or there were adjustments or, you know, the Reformation is one of those major times in history where the church said, you know what, we're not thinking correctly about justification. And it it was such an important truth that it ended up causing a giant split, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we're always doing that. Now, Mm -hmm. hopefully our adjustments are becoming less and less because we're more faithful and more faithful to the scripture. But we always have to approach the scripture with an open mind saying, there's a potential I'm thinking incorrectly about this. I need to be humble. I don't have perfect theology, Mm -hmm. right? I, I think about it a lot. I write about it. I read about it. I preach it. Yet every time I approach the text, I got to say, okay, is my are my assumptions about this correct or does do my assumptions need to be challenged by what the scripture actually right. says and i think one of the things that you, you that that you're stressing and i think it needs to be important is that we are trying to account for all of scripture of what it has to say about a certain topic because sometimes especially within christians uh christian worlds we can we can get into arguments about th- theologies no, we don't. And, and doctrines no oh. we don't okay i guess what I'll are you saying man i'm no. sorry but um and many times what I find is that 
someone has taken something that the Bible says and has created their thought, their, their doctrine on it, but it doesn't always account for everything that the Bible says. And so it's, it's, it's usually, I try to have a gentle conversation like, well, technically, yeah, it does say that, but let's account for everything. That's really well said, Andrew. And I think that, you know, before we even begin any of this, I think that when it is borderline argument, Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to try to understand people's position. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just like any relationship, all of us, we want to be understood. And very rarely do we start with a place that says, let me, let me understand. Let me be a learner first. Mm -hmm. And I just find, you know, I grow a lot by doing that. And I might not change my mind if we disagree about something. Mm -hmm. I, there's been times where my convictions have actually grown stronger through those conversations, but not just like trying to tear down an argument right away mm-hmm. or say, oh, well, here's their straw man version of their argument. So I'm just going to take it out. But let, let me really understand your position well. Mm-hmm. I, we're getting a little off track, but I think that's really important. Well, I think what I know we kind of veered off topic, but I think that as we begin a series on systematic theology, uh, I think it's really important that we have humble hearts and we encourage people who are listening to have humble hearts because um, this is, this can be divisive. And what you just said is a lot, a lot part of my, my practice today in, in ministry. I remember coming out of Bible school and being so uh, locked and loaded to argue people to what I had just learned. Right. Right. But I lost a lot of relationships. I won arguments, but I lost relationships. So, I mean, like my early days at Valley were just that over and over again. And what I've learned is that I've had to, if I want to continue to be able to speak into the lives of other people, I now see it as I need to have a three-part conversation with people. Or my first conversation is to just to hear. My second conversation is to to consider. And then maybe my third conversation is like, you know, to suggest. I guess to open up the word together and and make it through. I don't always say like, I'm not trying to be manipulative. I don't have like a, when I'm meeting with you guys, that's not my system, just so you guys know. Uh, But uh, I, I don't know. Theology can be a really touchy topic, but I really, I, I'm passionate about theology because it's also, it's the truth. If, if we open it up and see what the Bible says, you operate from how, from an actual reality, a true reality. And then you, you, you see a lot of success in that. Um, I think you guys know, I have a personal vendetta, I guess, I get, what, against something I call folk theology. It's traditions or people who believe things just because they were taught to believe something. Because that's done a lot of damage to my own family and, and things. Stephen, you are going to say something? I actually wanted to, um, to touch off of one word you just said, as you said, is something about opening the Bible and kind of cluing into the reality, right? Mm-hmm. And I actually wanted to just expand that and say all of reality exists because God wanted to make himself known, mm-hmm. or wants to make himself yeah. known. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that later on. But it's for me, this isn't just like why I love theology. I love theology because of, you know, I want to get to know God. It's that everything exists for that purpose. Mm-hmm. Everything that is, every science, every philosophy, it all can only be possible because God first wanted to make himself known. Yeah. And it's just, it's astonishing because, so I would actually say that's, that goes back into what you said a while back, that everybody has a approach to theology or a theology. It's that by merely existing, you are experiencing the one of the methods that God has revealed himself. It's just, it's cool, and it blows your mind. Yeah, It's important. I, th- I think that's what we're saying. This is really important. For sure. And uh, it, it's been said, you know, the most important question you ask is, what do you believe about God, mm-hmm. or that you'll answer? And the second is, what do I believe about man or myself? 
And theology really rests on all of that. It helps us understand who God is and who we are before him and, and how that works is, is of the utmost importance. Yeah. And so that's why we're having this series. That's why we're going to walk through different categories. Our, our hope is to not scratch too deep below the surface, at least the first go around. We'll have some conversations, and and of course, if our listeners have questions or if they have thoughts, we would love to hear from them, and and we can always take an excursus and, and kind of walk down whatever path we need to, to to flesh ideas out more. Yeah, I would encourage anyone listening that if you have questions, if you have comments, there's, there's a way to contact us. If you look at the episode description, you'll see that uh, there's contact information there. As a matter of fact, and I'm actually going to put a link there to a document, uh, Mike, that you, you put together. That, um, that we're going to be talking from because you you're actually teaching theology right now to some students right now and we're kind of going through uh, something that you have prepared so I'm excited about that but one thing I just before we go on any further Stephen you said something that that really sparked my uh, thought in my mind and I, I just want people to understand that I, I think I speak for all of us when I say like we want people to know truth and theology not because we want people to win arguments right but because we want you to know the one true God like Christ and his glory, like God has been so real, so evident, so beautiful in all of our lives. And that's what we want to keep pushing is that we want people to know and experience God. And in many ways, when you have a poor or a false theology, that actually gets in the way of a lot of things. So again, this isn't about like arguing and, and winning people over, but honestly, it's, it's about knowing Christ and seeing him be glorified in our lives. And to even go one step further, when you have good theology, but the wrong heart towards, towards ministry, you're going to wind up damaging people's relationships as well. Yeah. Um, if, if you're not communicating truth in a spirit of gentleness, understanding and wanting to, to share rather than to bludgeon, you're just you're going to have the opposite effect. I mean, we here, we, we are making this podcast because we want to share. We want to teach. It's, we're not making this podcast to win arguments with our listeners. Right. So, yeah. So, all right. So, so, so yeah, thank you for, for, for saying that Stephen, and indulging us with that, Mike. Um, so we have this document here, Mike, and it, and actually you start with the Bible. Do you kind of want to start walking us through some of your, your thoughts here you have, uh, written? Yeah. So if we're going to say, okay, I'm going to think theologically about something. Well, where are we going to, where are we going to start? Mm -hmm. What is the source of our theological ideas is the source, um, kind of just our own independent thinking is our source. The ideas of the world is our source, any and every religion. And, and for Christians, our source is the Bible. So the, the, what composes this source is the Old and New Testament and the 39 books of the Old Testament and the 27 books of the New Testament that we have a high degree of confidence that these are the word of God. And we'll talk about some of that in a little bit. And so if the Bible is our source, then one of the things we have to begin with is recognizing, well, what is the Bible predominantly about? And this is actually a key theological question that reveals a lot about how you think about spiritual things. Because sometimes people will look at the scripture, they'll say, well, I go to the scripture because it's for my encouragement. I go to the scripture so it can help my self-esteem or, or whatever that might be. But the, the Bible is predominantly about God. It's God's self-revelation. Now, we learn a ton about ourselves. And I think there's there's deep, deep rivers of encouragement and of hope and of direction, but predominantly the Bible is God's self-revelation. Now that word revelation, you used it earlier too. Yeah. And so that word revelation, when we talk about revelation, classically speaking, there are two, um, two kinds of revelation that God has used 
to show us who he is, to reveal who he is. Because the reality is God, if he does not do this, we we have no way of knowing who he is. He is God, he is transcendent, and, and he is above and beyond an other. And so he chooses to reveal himself in two specific ways. And so the first way is what's called general revelation. Stephen, have you heard that term before? Oh, I have. Yeah. Andrew, have you heard, you've heard that term before? Yes. All right. Stephen, yeah. what's general revelation? General revelation. We see this just like, we see this echoed in scripture. We see this in songs that we sing, but this is the idea that creation itself serves as a testimony to God. And actually, um, it's in Psalm 19 verses one through six. I have it in front of me. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Verse four, their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them, he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom, leaving his chamber and like a strong man runs its course with joy its rising is from the end of the heavens and its circuit to the end of them excuse me and there is nothing hidden from its heat so this is Stephen talking now this is the psalmist saying all of existence day night the sun the start it all serves as a testimony to God and his handiwork yeah and the idea then here is that that general revelation is God revealing himself to all police all people at all times and in all places mm-hmm. right right there's nothing special in this in terms of like ooh I can see something you can't see. It's broad. Mm-hmm. It's it's comprehensive, right? It's is literally the, the world general. Right. Yeah. Yes. Paul talks about this saying that people are without excuse because God has revealed himself through it. Right. That's actually the text I have in front of me, Romans 1. Oh, boom. It talks about this idea. It says, for what can be known about God is plain to them. Why? Because God has shown it to them. It says, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. That's right. And God says, I, I have shown you who I am. This, this is a recognition that everyone in all of creation, wherever they are, time period or geography, they all they have to do is look out and see that there's an invisible power behind creation. They look at the mountains, they look at the sunset, they look at the river flowing or a waterfall, they look at the vastness of the ocean, right? Or the the magnitude of a canyon. And all of that points to the the reality that there is an invisible power, that there is a God behind it. God has said, I'm going to show you who I am. And uh, and sometimes we want to close our eyes and say, I don't, I don't see you, God, uh, I, yet he has shown us and and the scripture says we're actually without excuse. So that's general revelation. That's the first category of revelation. The second category then is specific revelation. And so specific revelation as opposed to general, it's, it's not for all people at all times at all places. It's given to specific people at specific times in specific places for a specific purpose. This special revelation is what we call the scriptures. Mm-hmm. We believe that God has in a special way revealed himself through the process of inspiration as he has guided the biblical authors to write based on their own personality, their own intellect and all of that. But his spirit has guided them so that what they write or what they wrote are the very words of God. This is what we call special revelation. 
And, well, you know, there's a couple of p- uh, key texts for this. Do you, do you have one of them in front of you, Andrew? Uh, yeah. Are you talking about the Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17? Yep. Yeah. We're going to quiz Stephen with the second one in a second. The, the one from I Genesis? I don't have it in front of me. I got I to gotta open my, uh, just... my logos. All right. So Second Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 16, it says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Yeah. So the text here says all scripture is breathed out, right? And we use the word inspiration. We, we say that God inspired it. Now, the Greek term is actually more like expiration, right? Like God expired. He breathed out of himself into the human writers so that they would write this and that they would write it in a way that it's exactly what he wanted to be revealed. It's God revealing himself through human writers. This is special revelation. And I love it. It says it's it's profitable, right? For teaching, for reproof, for correction and training. The more we interact with the word of God, his special revelation, the more benefit we receive from from our study, from our interaction with it. So that's one of the key texts. Stephen, do you do you know what the second key text is? So uh, I just did like my fastest skimming real quick, and I came up with Second Peter uh, 1, 20, and 21. That's it? Oh, yeah. You want me to read that? Yeah. All right. So it says, uh, Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And this is the mechanism, right? This is the the way it happened. Men were carried along by the Spirit of God so that it wasn't their own interpretation. The source is not man saying, you know what? I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write the Word of God. It was the Spirit of God moving them so that they would capture his special revelation about who he is, who we are, how the world works, right? This is... That, that special revelation. So we have general revelation and special revelation. And so then the next question is, well, what if these, uh, what are these guys writing over, you know, all these years, 42 different authors, time period of like 4,000 years? Well, what if, what if they messed up? What, what if they had error? And so this is where we get in the next part of our conversation. And when we approach the scripture as the source of our theology, we approach it believing it's inerrant. We believe in what's called inerrancy. And so inerrancy means that the original manuscripts uh, do not affirm anything that is contrary to fact. And that's based off of Gruden's definition in his systematic theology. This is the idea that says when those authors originally wrote the very first documents, those are called the, the autographs, right? Mm-hmm. When they wrote those those were every word. They were the exact word of God. Now, the tension is we don't have those right now. Yep. We, we have zero autographs. What we do have is we have manuscripts, which, which give us a lot of reason to believe that they're accurate, but we have these manuscripts. And so when we talk about inerrancy, we, we say that we affirm that the scripture having been given by divine inspiration is infallible so that far from misleading us, it is true and reliable in all the matters that it addresses, right? And there's another systematic theology that defines it that way. It reminds me of this Psalm 12 verse six. I just, I kind of want to read this slow. I think this is really a beautiful beautiful idea, right? It says, the words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times. And this is this is the perspective we come to God's word with. We say, these words, they're not, they're not spoiled. These words, they're not, they're not ruined. They're not tampered with. They're, they're not with air. They are 
pure words and it is inerrant in what it addresses. And, uh, and so then the question is, okay, what is the process then between those original autographs, God's original revelation and to how we have the Bible in front of us now, as well as how the Bible interacts with us. And, and this was taught to me years ago. I, I kind of want to walk through it. I think that if our listeners download that document, you're going to upload Andrew, yeah. that will be helpful. Um, but just kind of, Hey, so that, man, that there was a lot that was just said here, Mike, before you kind of go on to that, that thought process, actually, I have a, I have a couple, I guess, clarifying questions. Cause I, I feel like maybe someone who's listening to this may be a little lost in some of the things we just went over because we went over a general revelation and special revelation. Then we just jumped right into the inerrancy of scripture. So I guess, um, to summarize this, let me know if I have this right, Mike, but when we say, when we talk about general revelation, we're talking about the idea that God has generally revealed himself to everyone. Like, and that's, that's again, we're going back to the idea of creation, like you, you read in, in Romans and everywhere else that, that people are without excuse. That when we, when we think about the guy, people bring this up all the time, like the guy who was born on a desert island who doesn't have a Bible, well, how is he going to know that there is a God and all these things? Well, the Bible answers that through the, this idea of general revelation, right? Okay, okay. So that's how God generally reveals himself. Then, so the distinction then when we start to venture into special revelation, if I heard you correctly, you are mentioning that there are times in history when God has specifically interacted with humanity, specifically through prophets, the, the, the nation of Israel and things like that. And it was through God's leading that individuals kind of wrote down what happened. Is that, is that what we're getting? Like, that's, that's why it's special. Mm-hmm. Is that like, cause that, so this didn't happen to everyone. This happened to a specific person and that happens to be recorded. In, and that's what we consider to be the Bible right now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So there are people who talk about, um, and maybe, maybe this goes into the larger ca- conversation of canonization, but, but I guess like some people would then like, when you run into different Christian thoughts, does special revelation still happen today? then does God still reveal himself in special ways that people write down? So that is a, that is a giant question. And, uh, and I think we could actually unravel that a little bit more as we, we talk about this topic in in later episodes, but, but here's what I would say, uh, the, God is no longer revealing himself in the way that we have this scripture. Okay. Right. I think God is always interacting with us. His spirit lives in a believer and guides them. Right. I, I don't, I don't, believe God is giving new revelation that is meant to be mm-hmm. written down and included in the canon of scripture. Uh, you go to Hebrews chapter one, it says God in many ways, uh, over time has revealed himself. And in this last days, he's revealed himself in his son. Mm-hmm. And there's a finality to that. And even you think about the end of revelation, it says no one should add to these words and take them away. And some say, you know, that, that applies only to the book of revelation. Yeah, maybe so. But, but I think principally uh, around the entire thing, um, I guess I am kind of answering the question more than, than but, I was yeah, but, planning on. But I think, and that, it's good that you say that. I think we will dive into that in a future episode. I, I think what I was getting at is that I think sometimes people, I think people need to remember that like, th- this is why the Bible is unique. Yes. And it's so special. When we say the word special, like it's not like special as in like, like you're a second grader and like, oh, you're a special little boy. But like, no, 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 no. This is wonderfully unique mm-hmm. that there are, there are times and people ask like, well, okay, this was happening to Israel 
during this time in history, what was God doing in other places? Well, God could have been doing things in other places, but there is something unique about the story of the lineage of Abraham that God wanted us to know, right? The Bible is everything we need to know, not everything we want to know. Yep. Right. And there is, so when we say the word special, that's why for those, like, that's why we look at the words of God and, and we say, these are precious. These are special. These are, these are unique. And they, this is God specifically, if I remember correctly, um, he worked through this group of people and we can learn something about him and what he has said about humanity because it's, uh, it's different than the Quran, right? These aren't the words of God dictated to us about how we should live our lives. And there's, there's a lot of narrative. Mm-hmm. So we get things of what God has done to a nation or with a nation. And then we do get the literal words of God as well. Yep. So, okay. And it really, the, the arc is it's, it's the, the story of salvation, right? Mm-hmm. God is, what the word of God is, is it's the story of salvation. And, and so now we have everything we need, according to Peter, for life and godliness, right? We have everything we need to, to know how to live a godly life in Christ, in the salvation that was promised to Israel mm-hmm. all the way back. I mean, you go to Genesis chapter three, and then it was fulfilled in the beginning of the New Testament. And then it was expanded on as we get to Acts and then the rest of the New Testament. Okay. Steven, you had your hand up earlier. Uh, were you going to say something? I have completely forgotten. Oh, I, I think sorry, I was man. I was going to go off topic a little bit, so I'm just going to reserve that for another episode But okay. uh, that had to do with the sufficiency of Scripture, but that's another topic. Okay, okay. I, 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 I just, uh, I'm fascinated by this because I, I, when I was in Bible college, man, we spent like a couple weeks on just special right. and general revelation. So mm-hmm. if you are listening to this and you're like, ah, that was a lot. Yeah, man, it, it was a lot. So ask questions, send them in. We want to walk through this. I think we've all gone through this so many times that we forget sometimes that like there are people don't know what to hold on to. Right? Like I know exactly what we're going through, but if you're confused again, just remember like, listen, Andrew in systematic theology back in 2008 or whatever, I had to spend like, I spent 13 weeks going over the things that we're about to talk about. And we're only going to give like 40 minutes (laughs) to each topic. So it's okay to be confused. Ask questions. So what you're saying is you wasted your money. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> what, what I That's would false. say, what I would really say is, you know, if if our listeners are trying to hold on, they're trying to get a couple of handles. What are we talking about today? We're talking about the Bible. Specifically, we're talking about how God has revealed Himself, not just generally as you look in creation, which He has, but also He's revealed Himself specifically through the words that we have in our hand when we hold our scripture or when we open up our phone and we read it. And these books, they are special. They're special because they reveal what God has wanted to show beyond what we can see when we look at the mountains and the sunrise. Mm -hmm. That's right. We only can understand a little bit about God when we look at creation, but there's so much more that God wants us to know about him. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have the scripture. That's why he's revealed himself in this special specific ways Mm -hmm. so that we can know him as the triune God, we'll mm-hmm. talk about that in a few weeks. We can know the way of salvation and, and we can we can walk with him. Stephen? Exactly. No, and this is also why we've been going through Psalm 119 at the beginning of every single service, because time and time again, the psalm writer is talking about not just the you know general revelation, but he's saying the commandments of God, the instructions of God, the precepts, that is the, the, essentially the commandments. This is how we know what is good and right and righteous, and this is how God reveals himself. It's not merely through creation, but also through his words and instructions. You know, I I just thought of an illustration, and maybe correct me where um, I'm wrong, 
But like one of the ways I like to think about special and general revelation is imagine you're sitting in like a coffee shop and you're seeing someone across the room and maybe based on archetypes, you can kind of make some observations and you can see like, well, I I generally know this person maybe likes MacBooks or he likes... uh, you like some Tom Clancy or could I see him all the time reading? So you, you can make some general assumptions, you know, a little bit about him, but if you really wanted to get to know him, he has to reveal himself in a way you ask questions and he actually will answer those questions. And you have to start to have this conversation and you start to learn his history and through his history, you start to realize what he values, what he cares about, what drives him, what motivates him. And in many ways, that's what we're getting at, at the idea of special revelation as well too. Because when we have a relationship with God, you, sometimes pe- people go through these things where I need to know that God is near. Well, look at creation. God is all around you. But then if you're thinking things like, Lord, my, my son is dying of whatever, or, or you're going through something, you need something specific. You need to know, like, does God want me to do this or this? Well, you can start to know what God has valued, and, and you can start to know his, his order of values in the way he has displayed himself throughout history. Yeah, that's a good illustration. I like it because it it reminds us of the relational dynamic here. It's not just this cold, distant being, this revealed himself, but but he wants us to know him. And and I think you're exactly right because oftentimes we say, you know, I want God to talk to me. And mm-hmm. and God says, I want you to listen to me. Mm-hmm. And I've I've spoken to you and it's right there in front of you. If you want to hear my voice, open up your word and mm-hmm. read it. And, and I will show you more of who I am. And I think it's really important because we, sometimes we view the Bible maybe as, you know, this big old book, this mm-hmm. intimidating, and we forget that it's not just one book, it's 66 books. And each of those books had a different purpose within, within God's kind of salvation history. And in each of those books, God is addressing different issues and different concerns and different life stages. And so the more we approach it, the more we read it, the more mm-hmm. we get to know, not that guy that's across from us in the cafe, but we get to know the, the one who made us, mm-hmm. the one who, who knew us before the foundations of the earth, the one who loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die to pay the price for our sins, be buried and resurrected, and now has sent his spirit, the spirit is proceeded from the father and the son that now dwells and lives in us to guide us in all truth. Well, what is the truth that he guides us in? The spirit, the, the word of God mm-hmm. as, we, as we read it. And so this relational dynamic is huge as God says, come get to know me, come yeah. hear my voice. Yeah. And I, I like what you said there because to equate it back to the idea of getting to know people, when you start to hear stories about a person and you start to get the full picture of a person, your thoughts about them start to change because you're being informed, right? Um, you know, the three of us, we've only been working together for, I don't know, three, three years now or so, three or four years or at, like at some capacity like that. And I'm sure like, well, I can, I can, I can testify to this. Mike, my, my idea of who you are when I first met you was very, it was based on generalities. Like I know that you care about the word, you, you preached really well, you went to the school, but the more I get to know you, as I hear your story, as I, and I hear what you portray about yourself, I start to understand, oh, these are the things you value. So much so, like we made that joke uh, this last week when we're getting ready for uh, services. We said, hey, let's put on our mic eyes before he, he gets here so we can get service ready to make sure that the sanctuary is picked up. That's or, right. Or whatever. So, so we know you at that capacity. Yeah. Well, that's what we're saying about God is that a lot of people, everyone has a theology. Everyone has their thoughts about what God is like. But when God's like, no, 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 don't just make it up. Come to me and let me tell you what my priorities are. Let me tell you what I value. Let me tell you what I know about you because I'm the one that created you. And that's what's special 
about the word. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think for me, the biggest takeaway is this, that's why we should really, really revere the word of God. It's not just some book. It is the creator revealing himself. That's what's happening when we're cracking that open. So, so I, I know we started to venture into uh, inerrancy because you're right. If you're thinking about it, if you're tracking with the idea that human beings uh, were used to write down the, the Bible, you might be wondering like, well, how do I know that's, that's really accurate. But um, I was thinking, Mike, if you're okay with it, maybe we should pick it back up next week on that. Cause I think, I think we did just shotgun a lot of things for people to, uh, maybe just to consider mm-hmm. before we jump into like the next logical step of considering, well, then, well, if, if God used people to write the Bible, how do I know it really is God's word? And right. that's good. And I, I guess I just end by reminding folks, you know, this is God revealing himself and there is blessing when you, when you get to know him in mm-hmm. his word and not like, oh, I'm going to be, you know, healthy and rich, but, but the blessing, this true spiritual blessing of, of walking with God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, someone talks about the, the blessed man is the one who, who uh, meditates, who, who delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on his law day and night. And so just recognizing what it means to, to know him through knowing his word. But uh, I'm assuming you want me to pray then in this moment. And, yeah, and I, I don't mean bring to cut us off or so, but we, we actually, we're about to hit uh, about 45 minutes into this yeah. and it's some heavy, heavy topics. I think we should, we slow down a bit and I think we made some things digestible. So if you want to just pray, I, cause I, man, I, I really hope people hear it. Like the word of God is so precious. It is a special revelation. So maybe we just pray for our listeners as they just grow a hunger and thirst for that. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we do thank you that you loved us so much that you revealed yourself to us. Thank you that you reveal yourself in, in all of creation. And we thank you that we can see that you exist just by looking out our window. Father, I thank you that you've revealed yourself in the scripture all the way back with, with Moses in, in the first writings uh, all the way up to the the apostles writing about Christ. And we thank you that you revealed yourself specifically through the incarnation in your son, Jesus Christ. The scripture actually calls him the word. And God, I pray that we would, uh, we would love the written word. And I pray that we would love the incarnate word, Jesus, as we remember what he's done, as we see what he's done in the scripture. And God, I pray that you would help our listeners to be like those who are blessed because they delight in your word and that they meditate on it. It's on their mind. It's in their heart. It's on the lips. They meditate on it day and night. And God, we pray that as this happens, that we all grow into spiritual maturity and spiritual usefulness and that we live lives that bring you honor and glory more and more. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Ancient Ways for Modern Days, a ministry of Valley Christian Fellowship. If you'd like to check out more resources or even connect with us, go to vcflongview.org.